Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about animating your persona. Melinda called asking if she could pick my brain about a woman she was coaching. I was a big fan of Melinda's. I thought she was a powerful consultant and coach. We had collaborated on many projects over the years. We knew each other well, and we loved to talk shop. She said, This woman's super smart and super introverted. I mean, off the charts introverted. Not surprisingly, her boss is pushing hard for her to have a bigger presence. I thought you'd have some exercises I could use to help her. I said, And the goal of these exercises would be that, for her to have a bigger presence? Right, she said. I asked, Have you ever done any visualization work with her? No, I haven't, she said, but I think she'd be up for it. Do you have something? I do, I said. I call it animating your persona. I use it when clients want to think differently about some part of themselves. That sounds great for her, she said. Can you explain it to me? I was excited to talk about this with her. I said, oh, good. Well, first, there's a backstory. I've had this idea in my head since I was a boy. I remember watching Saturday morning cartoons and being fascinated that cartoons were drawn by people called animators. These animators drew things that would make me feel something. I remember weeping in Dumbo, and those were just pictures someone drew. I mean, think about that. These artists can draw a series of pictures, and when people watch them, they feel what the animator wants them to feel. That's an amazing thing to accomplish. Mm, Sounds a little Machiavellian to me, she teased. Well, it's not meant to be, I said. And yes, animation tries to make us feel things, but only like any story would. And when you're using this exercise called animating your persona, the story that you are animating is about you. You are the hero. And you're not tilting the playing field. You're not making other people into villains. You just want people to see you the way you want to be seen. Yeah, which could be manipulation. She teased again. The intention is not to deceive, Melinda. The intention is to be aware of the impression you're making. Agreeing, she said. She would benefit from that. So was that the backstory? It was, I said. So here's how animating your persona actually goes. You're going to ask this woman to picture the goal, have a bigger presence, as if she's an animator creating a character in a scene. Her job is to animate that character so people feel about her the way she wants them to feel. Wait, she said. Instead of explaining it to me, could I just be the client? I'll learn better that way. Sure, I said. Let's call her Susie, said Melinda. Okay, I'll speed you through the big chunks. You could use these as homework or spread them out over time. They don't have to happen all at once. Great, she said. So, I'm Susie, I said. So, Susie... First, you get to name your character. She can't just be Susie. What do you want to call her? How about Susie Speak Up? She perked. I laughed. That's a great animation name. That helps keep it a cartoon. Sorry to interrupt, she said, but can I ask why is animation important at all? Ah, because animation gives you permission to use your imagination, to exaggerate things so you can get a better sense of them. 
Exaggerate things like what, she asked? Well, let's just do it. What do you want all of us to think about Susie Speakup? How are we supposed to feel about her? She said, people are supposed to take some notice. Susie Speakup is going to be bold. All right, I said. And is it important that people take notice and she be bold, I asked. Well, it better be important, she said. I agree, I said. In animation, we only care when things are important, when there's something at stake. No one wants to watch a scene where the outcome doesn't matter, right? Well, she said firmly, it matters that Susie speak up, be bold. Excellent, I said. Now, let's focus on that word bold. Are you sitting or standing, I asked. Right now, she said, uh, sitting. So how would Susie speak up sit if she were bold, if she were going to make people take notice? I sensed some shift. She chuckled and said, I can feel that. I'm curious, Susie, I said. Where do you feel it? My chest, mostly, she said. Okay. Now change focus and be the animator. Picture Susie speak up with that bold feeling in her chest. You're going to focus on that. By the way, what is she wearing? A blouse, slacks, heels, Melinda said. Just that? Remember, it's a cartoon, and you are the animator. This is where you can use imagination and exaggeration to help us feel what you want us to feel. Is there something about her clothes you might emphasize? She said, I have this vest that I wear. I think I'd give her that and really shoot the collar out wide. She gave a little laugh. So, I said, you have bold in your body. And in my clothes, she said. Imagination and exaggeration helped you find that, I said. Then I said, next, let's imagine a name for the scene. Suppose that six months from now, it's just one scene of many that you've animated. How would you refer to this scene? What would you call it? Susie's Awakening, she said automatically. Oh, the hero's journey, I said. Perfect for animation. Okay, so now change focus again. Look at the setting. Where is one place where Susie's speakup is going to be bold? During a meeting, she said. Where does it happen? I asked. In the conference room, she said. Good. Now, we don't have time for it right now, but this is where I would ask you to picture the entire scene in detail. Who are the other people? What is each one like? Where do they sit? What's the time of day? What's the lighting? She said, really visualize it. Exactly. And then I would ask you this. Whose point of view do you have? Mine, she said. So you're looking at the meeting through the eyes of Susie Speakup, I said. And also I'm seeing myself from behind. Over the shoulder, as we say in the business, I said. Is that what we say in the business? <laughs> it is, I said. But think about this. You're the animator. You can take anybody's point of view. So you could look through the eyes of the most senior person there, or the most junior, or your best friend, or your enemy, and every time you take someone else's point of view, you look at Susie Speakup, and you ask, does this person think Susie Speakup is bold? And if not, she said, how could Susie Speakup make that happen, right? Right, I said. Lots of choices, she said. I could tell she was pleased. We both knew that choices help clients find their power. I said, now we're going to focus in on one moment within this scene called Susie's Awakening, like a freeze frame. So what would an important moment within this scene be? 
The moment I speak up for the first time, she said, uh, 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 I said, as if correcting a mistake, it's not you speaking up, it's Susie speak up speaking up. Oh, right, when she speaks up for the first time. Now, really take a look at her. What is going to be different about her this time? She asked, different in what people see in her or what she feels in herself? Either, I said, or both. Melinda said warmly, she's going to give herself permission to speak. I repeated, she's going to give herself permission to speak, and when she speaks, what will people see? She said, arms on the table, leaning forward, good eye contact, especially with the senior people. I took a breath and broke whatever spell was left. Okay, Melinda, you see how this works, right? You're going to help Susie see herself as a hero in that small moment, and then in another small moment, and another You know, creating a bigger presence one moment at a time is going to help her achieve the goal. I like it, she said. Two things occur to me. Great, I said. What are they? First, sometimes you ask me to be Susie Speak Up, and sometimes you ask me to be the animator. It didn't feel consistent. Oh, good catch, I said. It's not consistent. This has another backstory to it. When I was a kid, I remember seeing a segment about the animators who worked with Walt Disney. They all had mirrors by their desks. Sometimes they'd look in the mirror to see how a feeling would look before they recreated it on paper. They'd watch themselves until they could see the feeling in their own body. She asked, Are you suggesting Susie work with a mirror? Well, she could, if it helps her, I said. When I was an actor, I never liked working with a mirror, but some people do. But I'll say this. Looking in the mirror, like an animator gives you distance, and that gives you a choice. Hmm. Says who, she asked. Well, it does when you look and ask, does that image in this mirror make the impact I want? I think that gives you distance and choice. Okay, she said. So here's my second idea. I'm not so sure our friend Susie can manufacture behavior. And if she did, I think she'd argue she's being a phony. Oh, the phony conversation, I said. Do you have that conversation with people? She said about whether new behavior is fake just because it's new? Yeah, I said. Do you talk about that with people? Not often, she said. If I did, I think I'd try to keep them connected to why they're doing it in the first place, ask them to be as intentional as possible. That would work, I said. When I have this conversation with people, I often use the gym metaphor. It's like going to the gym with a trainer. They are trying to build one specific muscle, like have a bigger presence, I'm their trainer. I'm going to put them on some machines, show them some exercises, so that when I'm gone, which someday I will be, they'll know how to strengthen that muscle by themselves. It's a skill-building practice. Nice, she said. But what if she can't manufacture behavior in the first place? Oh, Melinda, I said, I don't buy the premise of that argument. We all manufacture behavior. We don't come in Monday morning acting like Saturday night. Well, I don't know. This woman's a pretty heavy introvert. Look, I said, we're not asking for a makeover here. This is about her getting some distance and making some choices. Then I asked, do you know the self-portrait by Norman Rockwell? Where he's painting himself, she asked. Right, I said. We're behind him as he leans away from a big canvas to look at himself in the mirror, and on the big canvas, he's painting a portrait of himself. I remember, she said, the lenses in his glasses were like silver discs. You couldn't see his eyes. Right, I said, not in the mirror, but on the canvas. His eyes were clear as a bell. 
And that's why this relates to Susie. The portrait he's painting on the canvas is not what he sees in the mirror. He's choosing what to put on that canvas. He's the animator. The pipe in his mouth is a little straighter. The glasses are gone. There's a glint in the eye, but it's still him. I mean, he's not trying to trick anyone. He's just being very intentional. Melinda said, Animating your persona is going to give Susie choice about how people see her. Surprisingly, Susie found it easy to animate her persona. What was not surprising was that it gave a boost to her look and sound of leadership. How was that for you? I just took you through a visualization exercise. I did it because I want you to know visualization is there for you as a tool. This is something you could practice for one minute a day. Seriously, if you have something in your work life that you would like to change, try this. Get focused on the positive outcomes you want in the situation. Feel those feelings. Then step back like an animator. Look at the scene from every angle. Is your character being a hero? That's the point. Does everyone think so? How are you going to get that displayed? You give yourself one minute a day to focus with intention on all those moving parts. I wager you are going to start getting a different result. Did you notice the section when I talked about imagination and exaggeration? I want to tell you what's behind that idea. I think it's an important thing. Before I do, (laughs) two quick things. One I'm just so happy about. Close to a year ago, a listener named Chris DeFerio reached out to me. He hosts a podcast called Keys to the Shop. He's a consultant to the coffee industry, and he talks to people in the coffee industry on his podcast. Well, I went on his show, and we talked about having difficult conversations with employees. And it went well. It was great. I really enjoyed it. So here it is about a year later. Chris and I connect again, and I record his episode 104 about feedback. And we had a great conversation. It's live on our website, Essential Communications website, right now, if you go. But here's what's really great. Between the time we recorded the episode and when it went live, Chris was coming to town in one of his consulting gigs for a convention that happens three times a year all around the country called Coffee Fest. And Chris is a presenter there, and he's a judge there. Well, he's coming to town. It's in L.A., and he reaches out to me and to Dave Stahoviak, host of Coaching for Leaders. And Dave and Chris and I meet up in downtown L.A., and we go to Little Tokyo, and we have noodles together, and we had a great time. So episode 104 about feedback on Keys to the Shop with Chris DeFerio and a big shout out to Dave Stahoviak too. What a great night that was. I'm grateful for my podcast community, of which, of course, you are part of that community too. This month in particular, thank you so much, goes out to here in the United States, RMB4, Catalyst Leader, Lisa Bobby, and then from the UK, UNC, and from India, FP, PJ Sharma, special thanks to all those people who posted reviews in iTunes. Thank you so much. It makes a huge difference. And by the way, thank you for what you say. It's inspiring to read. I'm grateful. Back to animating your persona, exaggeration, and imagination. What is all that about? It's about finding a sticky trigger. In my world, A sticky trigger is a good thing. You want to find one, or many. You just don't know where you're going to find them. 
imagination and exaggeration can help. They can kind of supercharge things that you would look at and just go, yeah, okay, that's normal. But what about if you exaggerate it? Does it have some spark? What you're listening for is something that evokes the very best possible feeling in the scene. Like for Susie, her clothes were nice, but then she gave them some spark and she hit the word bold. She felt it in her chest. I'm going to guess those things might become sticky triggers. Now, if they were sticky, how would they work? When she's in the real meeting, when the event is really happening, if she can pull a sticky trigger, it will reignite that feeling of her being a hero, her having people take notice. If you can reignite that in real time, that's a gift. It's amazing. But our brains will do that. This is a real thing. When you feel something connect, when you're doing that one minute a day, when it connects you to the best feeling in the scene, grab it, put it in a special file marked sticky, and check on it later. And then go out and keep looking for more in your visualizations. And I hope you aren't going to let this word visualization intimidate you in any way. It's an accurate word. It's a specific noun. It describes a th real thing. But look, I could have easily said waking dream or daydream. This is not anything that we don't do anyway. We're just harnessing it and doing it with intention. And it helps. <laughs> it helps a great deal if you will think that there is value in it. If you don't think there is value in it, there probably will not be value in it. But if you trust that somewhere inside you, you have an answer that's better than what you have today, then doing this visualization one minute a day or five minutes a day, it will make a difference. This exercise is a great example of striving to be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. That's what the look and sound of leadership is all about. I hope you know that there are many, many, many episodes on that exact topic in the Coaching Tips archive on the Essential Communications website. Just bop on in there. There's no information required. Essentialcom.com. It's Essentialcom with two Ms.com. Hit the podcast tab and boom, you're in the archive. This episode is tagged in three different categories. Developing new behaviors, perception, how you perceive yourself, and personal growth and self-development. If you want to go straight to individual episodes, five you might listen to are Act As If, Acting on the Corporate Stage, Creating New Behaviors, Self-Awareness and Self-Management, and The Many Parts of You. And there's one more, Prepping Like a TED Talker. It may sound like an odd connection, but in that episode, I tell a story about visualizations, about why they work for us. If you want to explore visualization, give that episode a listen. If you want to explore coaching, and many of you have, and I have loved getting to know you, go to the website, hit the contact button. That comes straight to me. I'd love to talk with you about coaching. That's it for me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>